This morning's Old Testament passage comes from Zechariah chapter 7, verses 8 through 12. It says, And the word of the Lord came to Zechariah. This is what the Lord Almighty said. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other, but they refused to pay attention. Stubbornly, they turned their hearts back and covered their ears. They made their hearts as hard as flint and would not listen to the law or the words that the Lord Almighty had sent by his spirit through the earlier prophets. So the Lord Almighty was very angry. And the gospel reading this morning from the New Testament comes from Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came down to the place and saw him, passed by the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. And then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, take, take care of him. And when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend." Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. May we be blessed by the hearing, reading, and understanding of this word. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks for your holy scripture. Help us to continue to hear your words this morning. Lord, I pray that if either of these scripture readings this morning have touched our hearts already, that we would continue to reflect on that and go back to it throughout the day. And Lord, I pray that uh, in these coming moments that you would speak uh, through me and Lord, that you would speak in spite of me. In Jesus' name, amen. So I continue to have uh, interesting stories about my daughter, Elizabeth, who's two years old. And she's getting to the age now where um, she realizes very quickly when it is that she's doing wrong and how to avoid 
um, any kind of correction. So, for example, um, sometimes she likes to drink out of a big girl cup. No lid, no anything. She likes the milk in the cup, so we put a little bit in there. And sometimes she'll get down from the table and begin to walk into the living room with the cup. And she's not very trustworthy with that yet. And there's carpet in there. And um, as soon as she realizes that I'm making a step toward her to say, Elizabeth, you need to get back into the kitchen. As soon as he realizes any kind of uh, um, uh, interference with what she wants to do, she begins to move a little quicker. And then I begin to move a little quicker. But you have to do it so sneak, sneaky. Because if she knows you're chasing her and knows that you're about to get that cup of milk, she's going to make sure that you have to pay for, for following her and trying to stop her. So if you just jump on it real quick and say, Elizabeth, no, give me that cup. Give it. She will run, and right before you catch her, she'll just throw the cup right up in the air <laughs> or throw it on the ground. She's going to make sure that you're going to pay for trying to stop her from doing something that she wants to do. So if she begins to do it, I've learned that you just don't say anything. You just kind of walk over. You're like, how you doing? Is everything's good? And just grab it. <laughs> just get it. And she might not like it, but she, she avoids me. She's avoiding the person that, that is trying to stop her from doing something. You know, kids. It's a shame. It's, you know, they, they must just stop at a certain age because adults don't do that, you know. Um, or do they? This morning, I'm on my way to the church. I live right next door. I'm walking over a couple hours ago. I've got my computer. I've got a book, a couple books, and I'm just walking on over on the sidewalk, and I notice a, a, one of those plastic uh, lids to McDonald's hotcakes. I think that's what it was. You know what I'm talking about? They're like that shape. And I see it. I got my hands full, and I'm thinking, I'm not picking that up right now. So I just keep on journeying, which is probably from this one here in the trash can and might have blown over. And as I get a couple steps past the hotcakes plastic lid, I think to myself, you are literally preaching on the Good Samaritan today and a story of how the wrong people ignored something and walked right past it and how the right person stopped and addressed something and not, did not ignore it. Oh, man. So I turn around, <laughs> and I pick up the, pl the plastic uh, trash and take it into the office. But even myself, even on the way over here this morning, a temptation to ignore something that needed my attention. It's interesting that that day where the, one of the religious teachers Ask Jesus the question, a good question, right? What, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, what does the law say? What? Oh, well, love the Lord your God with all your strength, all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, all these things. Jesus says, absolutely. You know, go ahead and do it. And that's all he had to say. But, but he wanted to push him a little further. 
Oh, well, who is my neighbor? I'll love my neighbor with, with everything I've got, but, but who is that? Who is that person? Who, who are those people? Who are my neighbors? Maybe he's thinking it's just my fellow Israelites. It's just my tribe. So Jesus says, it's story time. It's time for a story. So he begins to share this story of a man heading down from Jerusalem to Jericho, heading down as it makes sense because the elevation in Jerusalem is higher than Jericho, and he gets robbed. He gets beaten. He gets stripped, left there half dead. And a lot of times uh, in that day, as you're journeying from Jerusalem to Jericho, and you were alone going down an elevation and some of the rocky terrain probably and twists and turns, it was very, um, it could be dangerous if you were by yourself because you could get robbed and people would take your clothes and that was worth something because if people only had one set of clothes, they could have another set and that would be, that would be good. And then Jesus begins to introduce these characters that come into the story and see this man who is, half be, or is beaten and half dead on the side of the road stripped. And the first person Jesus talks about is the priest, religious leader, and how the priest and the Levite, another religious leader, both seem to notice this man who is in desperate need for something, for help, and they keep on going. Now, some will say, well, you know, priests, you know, they, the religious leaders, they didn't want to touch something that was dead. That would have made them unclean, and they didn't want to do that. And maybe they thought he already was dead, so there was no point in even trying. But, but that just seems wrong to not even acknowledge or to check or to, to uh, approach the person. And then Jesus brings a, a Samaritan into the story. Now, um, Samaritans and Jews in that day uh, did not get along. It goes back to the Old Testament and the splitting of the, uh, when the Israelites split to the northern, northern kingdom and southern kingdom, the people of Samaria would eventually begin to um, do life and uh, get married and with other people that were not uh, Israelites, and the Jews uh, did not like that, and they really um, hammered down on how they were not um, uh, to be associated with and how um, important that was to not do that. And there was some huge animosity. In fact, in our Bible study this Tuesday, we talked a little bit about and learned about the animosity that they had for one another. If a Jew uttered the word Samaritan, the Jew would um, curse and spit on the ground. Um, sometimes Samaritans would follow Jews uh, from a distance and put straw on their path and then light the straw on fire, kind of thinking like good riddance. Or if, uh, if a shadow of a Samaritan crossed the path of a Jew, the Jew would go to the temple for cleansing. I mean, how much do you have to think someone is so awful that when their shadow crosses your path, you feel dirty? So there's some huge tension here. So when the Jewish leaders are sitting there and Jesus begins to introduce a Samaritan into the story, they're surely thinking, there's no way this guy's going to do anything. But Jesus makes that guy the hero of the story. 
because not only does the scripture say that, that he stopped, but the scripture says that when that Samaritan was traveling, he was moved with compassion. He was moved with pity. And he bandaged his wounds. He poured oil and wine uh, on them. And not only that, but he went the extra step. He put him on his own animal. He brought him to an inn. He provided financial assistance. He, he continued to check in and make sure that this guy would be taken care of. Huge act of compassion. And then I love how Jesus just looks at the religious leaders and basically asks the questions. So who do you think the neighbor was? And the Jewish leaders are forced to say, the Samaritan. The Samaritan was the hero of the story. He was the true neighbor. And Jesus is illustrating here that, that everyone is your neighbor. It's not just your fellow Israelites, your fellow Jews. It's everybody, even the ones who you hate. And he said, go and do likewise. Go and love your neighbor. I love this story. Many of you may have heard the story of the Good Samaritan and how important it is to, to show compassion. And the question that we can begin to ask ourselves every time we read this story is, who am I and where am I in this story? When it comes to those in need, am I the religious person who does the right things, who goes to church, who says my prayers, but yet refuses to acknowledge the needs of those around me? Or am I like the Samaritan who stops, who takes time to acknowledge the needs of others and to show compassion to them, even if we're busy, even if we're on our way to somewhere that um, we think is important? Is it more important than stopping and helping someone who is half dead on the side of the road, and who has been beaten. Today, I want to um, kind of present, not today all four, but I want to present two ways to us today that disciples of Jesus Christ live out their faith, and it's part of discipleship. And, you know, when we live out our discipleship, it's important that we are remembering that great commandment. So as disciples... We want to do things that show our love for God and show our love for our neighbors. And today I want to share two ways that disciples show their love for neighbor. And next week we're going to talk about two ways that disciples show their love for God. And when we have those, when we have those intact and they're going together, that is, that is a balanced, healthy lifestyle of discipleship as we follow Jesus so the word disciple is a big, big word. It's a learner, it's a follower. And who are we learning from and who are we following? It's Jesus Christ, the resurrected Son of God. And recently, a couple weeks ago, I introduced us um, to a new mission statement at our church as we focus this year on discipleship. So just say this with me again, our mission at Gethsemane. Say this with me. To make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And as I've shared, we're we're not only focused on making disciples of Jesus Christ, but 
when we do that and when people begin to live on earth as it is in heaven, the world around us begins to look different. By God's grace, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the world around us is transformed. And it's important that if we're going to make disciples, we have to know what it means to be one. We have to be reminded throughout our spiritual journey, what does a healthy disciple of Jesus Christ look like? And that's what I want to share with you this week and next week. Because um, if you remember, if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to, to listen to the sermon from last week because that will be helpful uh, for what we're talking about today. You can do that on seafordgumc.com, or if you have podcasts, you can just type in Gethsemane United Methodist Church Sermon Podcast um, on Apple, iTunes, whatever, and it'll just upload every week if you subscribe. It'll just come right to your phone. So uh, go back and listen to that if you haven't done so. I encourage you to do that. But what we talked about last week is how important it is to remember as disciples of Jesus Christ, we have to know what that looks like. And we talked about how uh, John Wesley, the, early, the founder of the Methodist movement, kind of provided these three general rules for disciples and how the um, contemporary version of that today is kind of a rule of life that, that I want us to have as a congregation. And the first part of that was, if you remember... Uh, to witness to Jesus Christ in the world and follow his teachings. So to be a disciple and to make disciples, which is our mission, we have to remember this is what it looks like to be one. We want to witness to Jesus Christ in this world. We want to be a witness and to share our experiences, but we also want to follow the teachings of Jesus. That's what disciples do. And disciples follow the teachings of Jesus in this statement in four ways. And two of them I want to share with you today. And this is it. To witness to Jesus Christ in the world and follow his teachings through acts of compassion, justice. And then next week we'll do the last two. But when we practice acts of compassion and justice in the world, it is a way in our discipleship that we can show our love for our neighbors. So let's look at acts of compassion This story of the Good Samaritan is a radical act of compassion. There wasn't just a feeling of sadness in the midst of the Samaritan. There was a response. And I think compassion includes both, is that we don't only just feel bad or feel broken for something, but that we respond to that. Showing compassion is part of what it means to be Christ-like in the world. We want to be people who are compassionate. An act of compassion might be, Showing kindness to a neighbor who is hungry or thirsty or someone who is lonely or sick or visiting someone in prison. Compassion are those personal ways that we habitually, we make that habit where we do that in a way that we strive to, strive to avoid evil and wrong in the world. And we do that by showing acts of compassion. I can remember... Um, Several years ago, my grandmother died. We were all at her house, family gathered, uh, like often happens when a loved one passes away. And um, I can remember one of my mom's friends from high school uh, came by. Um, It was like that afternoon, you know, um, people were still, it was just kind of a whirlwind. And she just kind of shows up in the midst of the chaos and and she's just got, um, uh, she's got her arms open to, 
hug my mom and uh, to give us hugs and family, even she doesn't know, and family from out of state we're in and all this. And she's just got two grocery bags full of loaves of bread and lunch meat and cheese. And it, it was just like, you know, here. And how, how little is that? How easy is that? But it was an act of compassion, wasn't it? Because we got to put that in the refrigerator, and as we're figuring out stuff the next couple days, anybody in the family could just go make a sandwich. It was just something we didn't have to think about. That's, a, that's an example of what it looks like to show compassion as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Other examples might be paying attention to others who may be in need and trying to do something about that to help them out. An act of compassion might be setting a goal to spend one hour a week with someone who is lonely and to be present with them. An act of compassion might be setting a goal to be a better listener to others and to open your ears more to hearing the stories of others and asking questions that show that you want to learn about them, whatever that may be. Showing an act of compassion may be setting a goal for yourself as a disciple of Jesus Christ to express just a genuine feeling of appreciation to one person each day. To just share how you appreciate them or encourage them, whatever that may look like. That is an act of compassion. But disciples don't only just practice acts of compassion. Disciples practice acts of justice. And a lot of times, acts of compassion lead to acts of justice. It's hard sometimes to wrap our minds around justice and what justice looks like because oftentimes when we think about it, you may think of crime and punishment and those sorts of things. But acts of compassion, um, let me set it up this way for compassion and justice. An act of compassion might be giving someone in your community a meal who is hungry and has no food and nowhere to get it. That's an act of compassion. You have met that need. You have given them a warm meal. An act of justice is to then ask yourself the question, why are there people that are hungry in our community? What can I do? What can the church do? What can, who can the church partner with to help meet the needs of people who are hungry so that we don't have to have that problem anymore in our community? That's an act of justice that people need something to eat. So as acts of compassion might be a more individual, private thing that we do, acts of justice are more things that we do together. So that might be an example of an act of justice. One of the things that we may think about when it comes to practicing acts of justice beyond that might be setting ourselves a uh, rule in our own lives that, you know, I'm going to refuse to remain silent when I see someone or a group of people not being treated like they've been created in God's beautiful image. And I'm going to stand up and I'm going to try to make sure that that's not happening. Acts of justice may be writing to your elected official and representatives and talking to them or meeting with them and talking about and promoting change in a way that aligns with the will of God 
in the teachings of Jesus, whatever that looks like for you and those things that you're passionate about. Practicing uh, acts of justice may be practicing good stewardship of God's creation. It's being mindful that others aren't treated like they're children of God. And how do we stand up as a church and say this is wrong? Whatever that looks like for us and for you. So compassion and justice are two ways in which we live out our discipleship through the followings and teachings of Jesus as we follow Jesus. These are two things that we do that show that we love our neighbors. And who is our neighbor? Well, we read the story of the Good Samaritan and find out our neighbor are sometimes people that we don't even think of. Our neighbors are everyone. But today I leave this with you. If you're serious about growing in your faith and being a disciple of Jesus Christ each and every day and in this world, let us all, including myself, ask the question, how are we doing with acts of compassion and acts of justice in our lives right now? What person or what people around you Who are they? Who are those people around you that are largely ignored, not paid attention to? But maybe you can be the one who notices them. And you can be the one who is present with them. And you can help them meet their needs. May we all be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do these things, to be people who practice acts of compassion and acts of justice as we are guided by the Holy Spirit of God. And as we leave today, may we remember the words of Jesus when he says, I want you to go and I want you to do likewise. Let us pray. And as we begin to pray, I invite you just to take a moment to reflect um, on the scripture readings today and message or throughout the service. Is there anything that stuck out to you? Is there any place where you feel that God is speaking to you? Or what may God be calling you to do? Take a moment to reflect on the question, what is my response to what I have heard this morning?